Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's recovery, sort of, and we are almost done with these traditions. Yeah. I'm Jason, <laughs> a guy who still talks about traditions for two more months. <laughs> and I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery who loves traditions. I get asked to speak about traditions at meetings and always get oh. excited. <laughs> Next time somebody asks me about a tradition chair, I will point them in yeah. your direction. I, mean, I got a number for you. Uh, so we're on tradition 11, which is our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. I think this tradition seemed a lot simpler with the topic of our last episode, simplicity. This was a lot simpler in, in 1958, in 1965. Like right. press, radio, and films were established entities and we knew what they meant, right? If you're in a Hollywood production film, if you are on the music radio don't sing about being in a you know a particular 12-step program and if you go on the news don't out yourself as a representative and i feel like in 2021 this is a really confusing tradition now yes. i mean for one thing we're sitting here doing this podcast <laughs> and we have definitely talked about our membership and and is this at the level of press radio or film i, I don't know i think that's something we explore today um we also plan to bring up like Facebook groups and, you know, even though they say they're like not affiliated with a particular 12 step program or anything like what kind of responsibility do they have or, or own or take on to sort of follow some of these traditions and, and, you know, what they're doing and how that fits in. So there's some interesting concepts in here to, to divest into, but let's, let's get into just the, the nuts and bolts of it. The public relations policy, how, any 12-step program relates to the rest of society is based on attraction rather than promotion. That's contentious in itself, apparently, according <laughs> to some people. Like, you know, we have put up billboards. We've had our name out on radio spots. Like, we've done some of these things, which people call advertising. And I think the justification is that we're not making promises. We're just stating what our program is. Hey, we're a society of people who are trying to be free of whatever and you know you can come here if you want some help we might be able to help you and, and we're not saying like hey we have a guaranteed success rate or this that and the other like that's what they talk about promotion like making promises about what we can offer like we're just attracting but we need to get our name out there to attract what's your yeah, take and i've started out early in recovery i got involved in public relations and that was my understanding the way it was 
explained to me or, or taught to me was, you know, we really almost have a responsibility to let people know where we are and how to find us. You know what I mean? Mm. If we just are some secret society meeting in fucking church basements on random nights of the week, you know, how are these struggling addicts going to know where we are? Right. And that the goal of the public relations was, one, to have a line of communication for local healthcare workers, hospitals, you know, facilities, but also to get contact information, whether that's meeting lists, our literature, 800 number, getting that out where it was accessible to people. Yeah. And, and so I can kind of buy that, right? I'm not against that idea. It does seem a little uh, promote at times, I, I will say. But yeah, I mean, how do people know that we're here if they don't know we're here and we're all running around being anonymous and everything? And they try to address some of that in the handbook, you know, around our fellowship has a handbook and it, it tries to address some of that of like that is a fine line that you have to be really really careful of 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 what is promotion and what right. is you know just inform information um and and being very very careful to err on the side of caution and then the second part of it which is we need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press radio and films and i feel like uh, we kind of know this, but we don't really talk about the press, radio, and films level most often when we think about this. I feel like we, we just talk about it's an anonymous program. It's an anonymous program. It's an anonymous program. <laughs> right. And it's like, that's not exactly what this says. And I, that's even if you do the reading, that's not really what it talks about being either. It's not saying necessarily that we should be anonymous. It talks in, in one part of the reading about, you know, there's times in our life when we hear about somebody struggling where we might really want to break our anonymity to tell them about what has worked for us. And, and I I think that's interesting because we have definitely evolved into a place where it's like, oh, hell no, nobody needs to know I'm here. <laughs> like, this is all about something I do secretly. Yeah. And I tend to, and, and Having been in the same place, I what I realized for myself is I was looking at that sort of backwards, like the anonymity piece that I believe we're talking about in this tradition specifically has to do with protection for the fellowship. It's not about protection for me as an individual. Right. You know what I mean? That's up to me what I want to subject myself to. Mm -hmm. It's for you know, I need to make sure that I'm not going out trying to be a representative of the 12-step fellowship I'm a part of or say that I speak for them or say that I carry some kind of weight, you know, that's a representative of that fellowship. But it's not protection for me from other people or some people's judgment. Right. And and to take that a step further, since you, you brought it up already, you say, you know, it's not that we're trying to go out and represent it. But even people who aren't trying to, if you are a public figure, people will look at you as the representation of the program, whether you're trying to or not. You could sit up at the mic and the podium and say specifically, hey, I'm a member here, but my views don't <laughs> represent them. Right. And people will still take it as you're the representation of that because you're who they know, which is why we've never wanted any star athletes or, or any public figures to represent us in any way or come out and say, hey, we're, we're this, that or the other, because, you know, anything that they do that doesn't land well in the public eye gives us a tarnished reputation and, and kind of similar to the other tradition we talked about, about avoiding having opinions on outside issues. 
we don't need anything that's going to keep people from wanting to come seek help. You know, we want to be able to help everybody. So one place this comes in and it brings to mind, if you're familiar with the program, Refuge Recovery. Refuge Recovery was a program that was started. It's kind of a, a Buddhist type program, follows Buddhist philosophy. It's based on the books by a gentleman named Noah Levine. He kind of started the program with some other people. Uh, and, and look, he, he handled it in a good way. It's not like he said, oh, this is my literature and my books and I'm going to make money off this. Like he freely donated all that and any profits from it into the fellowship itself sounded really wholesome. But some years after that, apparently he got caught up in some controversies. Like I think he got divorced or, or whatever. And apparently he was, you know, not living up to all his ideals <laughs> of being a spiritual individual and, and slept around with some women um, and, and some accusations started to come up. Now, if you read through it, like none of it ever became any legal thing, but there was some ideas that maybe he was sleeping with some of his students. Never completely proven or disproven, but that was the thing. So it caused a lot of controversy, right? And it even caused the, the half the fellowship of refuge recovery split off and created recovery Dharma because there was so much controversy around how can we follow this group where this public figure, Noah Levine, is the head of, and he's got such a tarnished reputation at this point. And, and I think that was the whole goal of what this tradition was trying to avoid yeah. is something like that, right? Some big controversy where somebody who's in the public eye has, you know, it lives less than perfect and, and that they're held to a higher standard because they're the representation of the program itself. Yeah, and that's always... I would say been a little bit relevant for, you know, the founders of AA, you know, Bill W. and Dr. Bob, everybody kind of knows those names. And then in for AA and then in Narcotics Anonymous was always Jimmy K and, you know, some other people. And, and you start to figure out that whether they like it or not, they just become synonymous with right. the program for better or for worse. And of course, like every human being, they all have shortcomings and failings and people want to pick out those individual shortcomings or failings mm -hmm. or mistakes and be like, see, that shit doesn't work <laughs> because that person did this or, or they right. were actually that or whatever. And it's, it does make it very tough. And I, I believe that's why this tradition is there to say, Hey, look, you know, the fellowship is the fellowship. It's not one individual member that represents us and, and i think this is hard and, and challenging in any aspect of life right if you're the owner of a business you're viewed under a critical eye and if you're a famous actor or actress you're viewed with a critical eye and it's like there's not room for those people to make the mistakes that you or i make on a regular basis without a whole lot of scrutiny i'm not saying they can't they, they obviously do make mistakes but like, I'm just thinking if, if my life was viewed with the microscope <laughs> of yeah. the skeletons in my closet that some of these people's have, I'm like, Jesus, oh, yeah. I, mine doesn't play out well. Like, I got a lot of dirt. And how would I be judged by a, a great majority of people when, in, in my reality at least, I do my best to be a good person, right? And I, right? I like to think that, like, there's more good than harm that comes out of me. And yet there would be a lot of judgment if you looked at everything I did with that kind of critical eyeball um and so yeah the, these people do have unrealistic expectations on them that oh you're in the public eye you need to live this perfect life and never screw up and 
that's what I think this tradition was trying to protect against. We don't want any one of those people falling short to, you know, carry the weight of that onto the program itself. Right. And it also does help in our public relations efforts that we don't try to take advantage of those famous people or or people that have a large following or you know we're mm-hmm. because that can also seem like look they're a great representation look how good they're doing and right. they have whatever many million followers you know <laughs> like how many people would get our message if you know look if you stay sober that... for five years you become iron man right <laughs> <laughs> well right. and even in that we see, I mean, if you're on any kind of social media, you see that shit all the time for different mm-hmm. celebrities who I'm not going to say that most of the time I've seen it. It's not the celebrity themselves posting it. Know. It's some other mm-hmm. uh, meme group or sober group right. or whatever that's outing this person. Congratulations <laughs> to Eminem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Eminem. Yeah. There's these famous ones. And it's like, wait a minute. I've been clean a long time. Nobody's fucking... <laughs> I'm posting about Billy. Celebrating me. Right, right. (laughs) So some of the literature says, this tradition deals with our relationship to those outside the fellowship. It tells us how to conduct our efforts at the public level. Our public image consists of what we have to offer, a successful, proven way of maintaining a drug-free lifestyle. I'm questioning that, but okay. Uh, While it is important to reach as many people as possible, it is imperative for our protection that we are careful about advertisements, circulars, and any literature that may reach the public's hands. This just feels like it was written in 1958. (laughs) Circulars? (laughs) Nobody says that anymore. Don't let them read our literature. They're going to (laughs) know. Right. Wow, and any literature that may reach the public's hands. That is weird. That's what I heard. I was like, (laughs) wow, we can't let people... like. Don't let the normies read our, our attic right. books. The triangle of self-obsession is our <laughs> secret. <laughs> uh, it says, our attraction is that we are successes in our own right. As groups, we offer recovery. We have found that th- the success of our program speaks for itself. This is our promotion. So we don't do any more promotion than the fact that the success speaks for itself, I guess. I I don't even so know. So is it means. okay then to say, oh, Eminem celebrating 15 years <laughs> like, or whatever? I guess if he's in our program, we can say that it speaks for, I don't know. Yeah, that's really weird. It speaks I mean, for itself. It speaks that like 5 to 10% of it works. That's not, <laughs> it's not much of a promotion, but okay. This tradition goes on to tell us that we need to maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. This is to protect the membership and the reputation of Narcotics Anonymous. Of course, I'm reading out of Narcotics Anonymous literature. We do not give our last names nor appear in the media as a member of Narcotics Anonymous. Are we in the media? That's what I don't understand about podcasts. Are we in the media? I don't think so. I think we're two guys talking in a fucking basement. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? I I don't, but it's available, like worldwide, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's freely available. So it's, it says uh, no individual inside or outside the fellowship represents Narcotics Anonymous. I feel like we have the disclaimer at the beginning, and that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Bill right. is like, our views represent solely our whatever. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to say. Uh, it says Narcotics Anonymous is not a secret society. Tradition 11 speaks to personal anonymity, not fellowship anonymity. So we're not a secret society, even though it feels that way. I feel like the feeling that most of the members get is that that we're supposed to be a secret society but right. i mean you hear that what you see here what you hear here let it stay here and i'm like 
I don't think that works. Like if everything I got from the meeting, I don't carry out into my life. That was useless. It <laughs> was a pointless meeting. Yeah. Maybe that's a bad way to say. I think the intention behind that saying, I think the intention behind that saying is not that I go out and go, Hey, did you know that fucking Jason? He's a counselor over at so-and-so place. And he was in a meeting talking about fucking some crazy shit. <laughs> like, mm. You know, I think that's what the intention behind that. What you hear here, let it stay here. I feel like who you see here, let it stay here, sure. Yeah. Right, that's none of my business who I see, but what I hear, I got to take that out. Right. Maybe not what they said, like as it, the, this person said it, but more like, oh man, they said some good shit. I got to carry that into my life and tell other people about this good shit they said because that right. makes a lot of sense. Uh, weird. Uh, so it says, some organizations use celebrity members as public spokespersons, hoping to enhance the organization's credibility by tying it to the celebrity's status. This may be fine for other organizations, but Tradition 11 tells us in no uncertain terms that, in NA's public relations efforts, we must never do this. Not with celebrity members, not with any member. If our fellowship used a celebrity member in a public announcement about N.A. and the celebrity later relapsed or otherwise suffered a loss of prestige, what good would that do our fellowship's credibility? The same could apply to any individual member put in the public spotlight on N.A.'s behalf. The credibility of N.A.'s message can be greatly affected by N.A.'s messengers. In the public eye, including press, radio, films, and all other media. Oh, shit, we're fucking up. Yeah. We need always maintain personal anonymity. Uh, and that was, you know, that part about Noah Levine. But yeah, what about us, Billy? Are we really fucking up? Do we need to like, I'm not going to go back and edit out where I've said I'm in NA, but I could stop saying it now. Yeah. And I try to be aware of that. Uh, there's a part of me that maybe this is a justification, but I feel like I try to be clear that. I'm not a representative of the fellowship as a whole, that mm. these are my opinions, thoughts, and ideas. And, you know, I'm not speaking on behalf of or ever making promises on behalf of or saying that, you know, the, the fellowship offers yeah. you this or that. You know what I mean? Like, it's my, that's my intention. And I can't, I don't think I need to hold myself to the level of the worst possible interpretation of everything that I say. I think my mm -hmm. intentions behind what I'm saying or the intent behind what I do matters. And that, yes, I will make mistakes. And if I make a mistake in something, I can own that and say, oh, I apologize. It wasn't my intention. Um, but it doesn't mean I won't necessarily do that again. <laughs> you know, because... So what about the idea, like I, whether we clarify that or not, whether we have the disclaimer at the beginning or not, people could put us as spokespeople for that program, no matter what, like, I, and, and I'm curious listeners, like, does anybody have a different view of NA because of me? Like, is there something I've said or that Billy said that you're like, oh, well that program's fucked up. Yeah. I would like to it. think that most people are smart enough you know nuanced enough to understand the difference between a couple of people on i guess modern radio if you want to use that term you know talking about something and then coming out speaking on behalf of something like i would equate it to you know the the 98 rock has a radio show where they talk about the ravens that doesn't 
make them the Ravens organization. You know mm. what I mean? Like they're just a radio show that's talking about that as a subject. They're not the Ravens. So if they go on and say something disparaging or make a bad comment, you can't fucking sue the Ravens for what was said on some radio show. I would definitely say that all our listeners are surely smart enough. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I have total faith. Um, but it does get tricky. And maybe, uh, maybe I do want to back away from saying specific program. Yeah, I've been trying. And I know I screw so up hard. sometimes. It is very hard because that's all I've known. Well, and, and we talk about some of their literature because that's our understanding and where we're coming from to start all this. So that gets, gets really tough. I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to separate it. I guess we'll just be rule breakers. There's no rules, though. So yeah. I mean, that well, again, tradition. my justification is my, what I would say is my intention and that I try to be clear that I am not a representation of that fellowship as a whole, that these are just my opinions and thoughts. And, you know, that is a part of my individual story, my individual journey. It's, it's mine. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't go out and speak on behalf of the fellowship specifically because of that. I know. And I think that that probably comes into play a lot when we say we, like I, I say we frequently about what we do, you know, mm -hmm. meaning you and I, but I'm thinking of it as in terms of many of us in our program. Right. And really I don't have the right to speak for many of us in our program, but it's hard not to speak about what the culture feels like when you feel like you have a pulse on that. At right. least in your area. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we're just going to be wrong. <laughs> uh, so here's an interesting part. It says, we never do PI work alone. PI being public information. Now it's public relations, whatever. We never do PI work alone because a team, even a pair, better displays NA as a fellowship to the public, while individuals tend to draw attention to themselves. Teams also tend to keep the personalities of their members in check the better to ensure that N.A. and not the individual addict is what we present to the public. The truism that an addict alone is in bad company applies to our public relations efforts just as well as to our personal recovery. That's interesting. I don't know that I ever knew that, and I did public relations work for some years. So I did know that, and I had a bad experience uh, with a public relations thing for a couple of reasons. One, I was young and inexperienced and didn't really understand the full measure of what we we're trying to do in this tradition. But a college actually reached out. I was chair of the PR committee and public relations committee, and they reached out and they said, hey, we'd like to have you come up and do a presentation to a bunch of our student athletes. So I was like, oh, great, you know, love to. And that's all that it went. And so they gave me a date and I showed up. And then when I got there, you know, the person who had asked me to come, we sat down to talk and uh, she had explained to me that in essence, what she wanted was like a scared straight type presentation. Like she oh. had an idea of what she thought this was. And that's what, you know, and I went by myself, not knowing any better. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and just, I was very like, you know, here, I think just assumed she knew what the fellowship was about. And apparently she didn't like say, and this was, Hey, come give us like a scared straight type thing where we got to tell kids how to stay off of drugs. And of course that's not what we are. And in that moment it was very awkward, yeah. uh, felt very uncomfortable. 
and I went into it, and I don't specifically remember tailoring my story to be specifically what she wanted, but there definitely was some things that, you know, I probably said, like, oh, you should really avoid drugs, but if you do drugs, you come here, you know, things like that to be... (laughs) But it was very awkward, and and it was just lack of experience and being involved in something by myself without talking about it, going over it with some more experienced members or a committee. I wish we had the recording of that. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys do drugs, you'll go to jail. (laughs) Right. Like me. (laughs) So you shared your story? Because that's interesting. I don't feel like that's much of the public relations that I've been involved in. It's not really sharing your story. Yeah, well, that's this whole thing was very awkward. It was not what I expected to be walking into. And so, I mean, what, and what happened was it was like, okay, we want you to do this scared straight thing. And then we came into a room and there was 30 people sitting there like, huh. okay, go. <laughs> wow. So I did what I knew at the moment, which was that. And, and talked about it. I mean, so I had done like some hospitals and institutions type work. So I had a very, you know, tailored sort of new member-ish, introductory-ish, you know. So it wasn't just like my story, like all the gory details that you might share, but... What college? But uh, Wilmington. Oh. Yeah. So if you were at Wilmington and heard Billy, (laughs) I gotta know your thoughts on that. That would be great. Nobody's gonna... I mean, I'm sure for them it was a totally unmemorable moment man there might be stick in anyone's brain there might be one guy who ended up getting high and clean later on and he's like i heard about na that that would be amazing yeah (laughs) i just want to hear what he thought about it that'd be great (laughs) but it was the, the point being i at the time i don't think i had much of a you know what you would call a a group of people doing the public relations is probably me and Frequently. one or two other members yeah. that took literature places. And when the opportunity came up, I didn't really discuss. I was just like, oh, great, an opportunity for this is what we do. And I just didn't have the experience. And I didn't seek any information outside of myself and put myself in a very uncomfortable situation. Yeah, and that is frequently the case that the service committees that we have created, you know, that we talk about creating these service boards or committees to directly serve our needs. And another tradition, we don't have the service volunteership that we would like, and there's a very limited number of people doing it. And that does create a burden and, and more of these type situations. And, and it's not so much, oh, the men, the few are doing the, the work or anything like that. It's just like, we need more people for more input too. Like we need more help and understanding and You know, so either get involved in service there or like we talked about on the other episode, get involved with service outside of there and do something different. Yeah. Um, And I I think that goes for a lot of our 12 step work. It's like when they talk about not doing these things alone, it doesn't mean just going into these situations alone. It means you should be talking to some people about what you're doing and what you're getting yourself into, you know, yeah, maybe for you walking in to get you know, a loved one out of a crack house just isn't the fucking place you need to be. Whether you go with someone else or not, it just isn't a healthy place for you to be. Maybe you can, and that's fine. And maybe, you know, it's not a judgment. It's just, you know, we typically with the best, or at least I can't say we, I typically with the best intentions make the worst decisions, Mm. you know, without seeking the guidance of someone outside of myself. Right. What's that saying? I love it so much. Uh, 
we have a hard time seeing when we were wrong because we usually intend to be right. I feel like <laughs> right. that applies. Like, yeah, if I'm not looking for opportunities where I might have been wrong, I'll never see that I was wrong. Right. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. Funny, at our last area, there was a person, uh, the H&I chair, was talking about having to go over the H&I rules because people were wearing revealing clothing, I guess, or something to one of the institutions and it wasn't okay. But I, I actually got them to send me a list of the NA-approved world rules because I found that fascinating. This isn't something that was fellowship voted. This was what our world dictated. And we say that that's not how our service structure works, but they have put out a set of acceptable do's and don'ts for H and I. And maybe we, I actually, I got it. I'm not going to lie. My intention was, Oh, I'm going to find where I can bash. <laughs> I'm going to see where, where world has dictated rules that make us a cult. And, uh, I'm, I want to tear it apart, but I, I have that. So maybe at some point we'll go over that. Yeah. I thought it was out of the H and I handbook. I don't think any of that's like written by us or I, I don't know. Huh, okay. It seemed like it was world dictated. That, yeah, probably. Yeah. But anyway, so not that this matters for this podcast, but I am part of that committee and nothing actually happened yet. We're just trying to avoid things that have happened in the past because with COVID, all these facilities were shut down and we weren't having meetings. And so a lot of people that were around with experience aren't necessarily doing anymore and we're getting new people to step up and fill roles. See, And you assume people <laughs> here, I thought there was like booty shorts and cleavage hanging out and i was going to figure out what institution this uh, no it so didn't actually well not at this time it's yeah. happened in the past right <laughs> it has happened in the past and so we're trying to avoid those things moving forward yeah, okay well, that sounds fun i uh, got involved and i'm a good rule follower so i'm like hey we got to follow these rules. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes on to say in most circumstances though personal anonymity is purely a decision which i I don't think we stressed that enough. And that was kind of where it went into uh, the idea that, you know, there's times when we might not want to be anonymous. Like anonymity is not always the best principle to apply in any given situation. And if you hear about a friend struggling with a loved one, like there is the ability to say, hey, look, I had this struggle. Um, this is an interesting thing for me. So I, I find that I don't mind sharing my history or journey or recovery with people I see in my professional life. Like I, that doesn't bother me to tell them where I've been or, or what I've done um, or where I'm at today, but I tend to be more anonymous with the people I see who have some struggle around this topic. Like whether that be that they themselves are the person who struggles or if they have a loved one who struggles and that is one of their main problems, I tend to not want to share about what I go through or what I've been through. And for me, it's, I guess, thinking about it, I've seen a couple of uh, parents of struggling people, and I don't, 
I don't want to give false hope to an extent. Like, is hey, this in your like profession now? Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be like, oh, well, look, this is how it turns out. It's great because right. uh, it doesn't for everybody, and I also don't want to become. I don't want that to be a blockage for me to be able to help them in some way, right? right. And I, I don't know exactly how. Maybe they want me to help their kid more than they want me to help them at that point, or maybe they are mad at me because the people, other people that do a similar recovery mode as me aren't doing enough or have offended them. Like, I just right. feel like I'm really, really hesitant to share that information with, with the people I see who have some involvement with that. Yeah. And I would say in your case, that's probably a good, good judgment, you know, that's using discernment to know, like, and even if you just, I don't know. I think that's tricky. Like at my job, I talk about – so I never specifically use a lot of the sort of verbiage or phrases that we use typically. I don't go telling them that I'm an addict and that I'm in recovery. Like I don't use those words per se. But we've talked about – like I've talked about I've had a drug problem that I – have done all kinds of drugs and been in trouble and been in jail and that I don't do those things anymore. And the I'm, verbiage sounded better than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. Well, I just use more like everyday language mm. that people would use. You know what I mean? And like that, I don't drink or do drugs anymore. That I and once or twice it's come up with people like, "Hey, how did you stop? Or what do you do? Or or whatever?" And for for personal reasons, and then I don't mind disclosing or going into it. Right. I just. Like, say, I could tell at my work specifically that that is probably I would become this representative of the fellowship that I don't want to be or, you know, a representative of some kind of recovery that I don't want to be. Right, right. Yeah, no, with with my coworkers, I, I mean, they know. Not all of them, but I, I don't hesitate to share it there at all. And, and I, again, there's people I see where I haven't really hesitated, but. And, and I think this stemmed originally from I was interning. I, I wasn't, you know, licensed yet. And I didn't want my story to be the thing that helped someone. I wanted to be able to help them on my own merits, mm. I guess. Like, I didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, I helped this person, but it's only because, you know because I have a, a personal involvement in that. It's like, no, I want to be able to help this person because I'm able to help people. And I think that's where it started. And now, like I said, there's just, there's some factors there. And I, I don't know. Sometimes I question it. I'm like, would I be, be would I serve them better if I shared that? I, I guess it'll come out when the time's right. I don't, I don't overthink it too much. I try to keep it simple, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but it, I have found it curious, at least, that I, I do and don't share where it seems opposite of where I would and wouldn't share. Yeah, I would say it just gets into your motives. Like, if your motives are good, then, yeah. you know. My motive is always in the best interest of them, either way, whether I'm sharing or not sharing. So, right. I, I guess the question I have and the curiosity I have is, like, I don't really know which one's going to help them more. And so, I'm just kind of guessing in, right. in that sense. But I, I am trying to think through what I feel like is best for that person in that moment. Um and again, that doesn't mean that I won't go share it all this week. Right? right. Like I have no idea. But so or that far, we're I haven't. make mistakes and <laughs> screw up at some point. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so uh, I would recommend though too, in, in accordance with what that was just saying, there is a it's I thought it was fascinating, great movie called The Anonymous People. Mm. Um it was very good about 
this around 12-step fellowships, and it talks a little bit about the protection of the fellowships, why we need people to be not so anonymous, language that you can use. Part of it is that, you know, when we say I'm a person in long-term recovery, like that's to get less program-centered and more recovery-centered and why we need to advocate for recovery funding, you know, treatment funding, like those sorts of things, like we need a voice that's going to go out and advocate for those things, but trying to do that in a way that also doesn't make it like AA is pushing for this or NA is pushing for this or this 12-step group wants this. It's like, no, this we can be a recovery movement together working unified Mm. for the rights of recovery people. Um, and that's part of the justification for, I think, why we do what we do here. It's not yeah. to promote or sell or endorse our specific fellowship. It's to promote and endorse and, and open the, our our minds and other people's minds to these ideas around recovery. Like recovery is this big, broad, huge topic that in and of itself doesn't need protection of anonymity. You know? Right, right. Yeah, and I, I personally, I, I don't know. I've never really thought about it that way. I'm not here to promote recovery in the sense of like, oh, you should try it. It's good for you. I'm here to promote recovery in the sense of, I hope this enhances people's recovery, right? I I don't generally think our listeners are like day one people. Like that's just not who I anticipate (laughs) because that's not generally what we're talking about. But uh, maybe they are. Maybe it is day one people who just like to overthink shit and and think (laughs) through complex stuff, right? Like I, I don't, I think I did that back then too, but yeah, it's about enhancing. Like, hey, you've got these ideals, but have you ever thought of it this way, right? Have you ever looked at it like from this angle? Have you ever seen it from this person's perspective? I think that's useful for opening our minds and exploring and finding our own personal purpose. And so that's what my goal with this has always been. But yeah, I agree. We we say in our programs, you know, the old lie, once an addict, always an addict is dead. Well, can we make everybody else in society believe that, that there's hope for us and there's a reason that we're worth helping and saving while we're struggling because there is something after? Because I think what happened is all you see is the people who don't get better, right? Oh, yeah, they keep going back to jails. They keep ODing. And everybody that's that's recovering is hidden. (laughs) Right. And I I mean, and and in a practical, really practical world sense, like that's part of what this movie talks about but that's exactly what you know my wife experienced before she started you know and got involved with right voices of hope was talk she worked for our local health department she went and got a job there as a, a peer and when she was working there talking to them you know they had the same idea like ah, people kind of don't really recover and it's mm-hmm. like one and whatever it probably feels like a hundred you know actually gets recovery and she's like tried to point out to them like no you don't ever see the people that recover because what happens is they come through your program maybe your program helps maybe it doesn't but they come through your program they have some other troubles they find a 12-step fellowship and then they just never come back and you just never see them again you only see the ones that keep coming back right so you think that what you're doing doesn't work but for all the ones that does work you never get a reinforcement that of what success looks like. Well, and and to an extent, that's honestly that is the promotion of recovery, right? The idea that these people aren't the people you'd expect, and you see them on the street, and if you could see their history, you'd be like, I would have never known 
Right. right, you're shocked by it because they are the average fucking Joe right. next door. They're coaching right? your kids little league. Yeah, They're, you know, yeah, working at your local that, supermarket. Exactly. Right. That's that's the promotion that that we are just people. Right? right, we are. We do get back into society, but the problem with that is we're hidden because we nobody knows. <laughs> right, and, and that's kind of where my journey has been. You know, through this podcast of like, no. Nah, Here's my fucking name. This is what I do. And yes, this is my background and I'm not going to be the hidden guy anymore. Like, and, and that doesn't mean it's right for everybody, but for me, it's time to stop with this stigma shit and let you know that like, yeah, people get better. That's, right. that's what we do. Uh, last part I had from it was by the same token, we must remember that wherever we go, we always represent NA to some degree. If we are seen acting poorly while we prominently display an NA logo on our t-shirt, we carry a distinctly unattractive message about our fellowship to the public. I have tried very hard to follow this idea and just never have NA shit anywhere. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, I'm going to fuck up. I see people with NA bumper stickers and I'm like, that is the last fucking place I want to represent a program of recovery because I am not. I'm an angry driver at times. Yeah. Not so much today, but still times. And I used to have a lot of stuff. I don't as much anymore, but I would always try to get stuff that didn't specifically say NA on it that would just have like sayings or like the logo without yeah. any words because that seemed a little bit like you probably wouldn't know unless you were involved right. in the program. <laughs> right, right. So I, I own one program t-shirt. That's because it was given to me freely. <laughs> um, and... I like the shirt. I really do. But yeah, I, I do try to be conscious about wearing it out. But I, I the way I operate in my attire, it's just if that's the shirt I'm wearing right now, then I don't think about it. So right. I do wear it out from time to time and don't think about, oh, I'm representing NA right now. But yeah, I've always been, I was told early on, like, you don't really want to be that guy. And I'm right. like, yeah, I don't want to be that <laughs> yeah, guy. I definitely don't. <laughs> I do not want to be and that yeah, here guy. we are with the podcast. <laughs> right, right. That shit did not work out the way I thought it would. <laughs> um, so I think the last piece we wanted to address with this is like f social media groups and, and how that all operates in, in this distinction. Uh, I think it gets tricky. And, and maybe this is just me being bitter um, about a specific <laughs> group. Maybe not. We'll find out. Maybe we'll find out. So there is a couple of, of groups that we are members of, you and I, on Facebook, um, to put that out there. One is our local area. That's like just our County. Then there's another one that is our local program area and titled specifically after our program area. And yet supposedly not our program area. <laughs> that's confusing in itself. So yeah. like our area is the Susquehanna area, the Facebook group, it's called Susquehanna area recovery page. So it is not specific to NA or AA or any particular version of recovery in a program. I don't, I don't really know who runs that or their rules for what they'll allow on there. I mean, they say they're the Susquehanna area recovery page. So to me, I could share the podcast on there. We're about recovery. I don't know. I've never tried, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I know who runs the Cecil County recovery page. Have. On the Susquehanna one. Have you? Not recently because I have not been on social media in months. Okay. So the, our counties, the Cecil County, Maryland recovery page, that's the, the name of that one. I have definitely shared it there and I, I know who runs that. So I know I can get away with it. <laughs> so another one just north of us, 
Their page is called Small Wonder Recovery, not affiliated with any fellowship, only in cooperation. So that's interesting, right? So uh, in cooperation with who, though? And who (laughs) gets to decide that? And, and, And I'll tell you why I keep asking that question. So there is a group called Be More Recovery. And that is, uh, you know, Baltimore It's called Be More and they are Be More Recovery. And I have been told that people can't share outside links or outside recovery pages or I, I don't even, I, I can't really nail down exactly what they told me. Um, but basically they didn't want me sharing our, our podcast episodes or memes onto the page. And so what they've done is created this place where I'm bitter for sure. (laughs) Um, But like I'll post a meme to our page and then somebody downloads the meme and then just uploads it as if it's their own and doesn't give any credit to us, (laughs) which is like, so you support plagiarism, not, (laughs) not recovery, but their concept when I was trying to get to the bottom of what could and couldn't be posted on there was it's got to be recovery related. And I'm like, well, it it is recovery related. And they said, well, you know, so w- what does get posted on there? Um, any events from any programs, mostly 12 step programs, but I'm guessing if you were in smart recovery or recovery Dharma or refuge or something, they'd probably let you post your stuff on there too. Al-Anon probably like those kind of things. So those get to post their meeting dates, locations, times. There's lots of conversations about that. Let's go start trying to post some medicated assisted treatment recovery stuff and see what. Well, right. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. Like, what are you defining as recovery and who gets to define that idea? And, and to me, this taints the program a little bit and when we talk about being you know not or personal anime at the level of press radio and films like this is a um, social media this is out there you know and they are specifically they're having an opinion about an outside issue of what constitutes recovery or not obviously only established groups i'm assuming constitute recovery in their eyes whether that's or established programs i should say that's an opinion that's saying that some methods of recovery are valid and some aren't in my mind at least. And then I'll tell you the bitterness comes in after that, because if you look at what actually gets allowed to get posted on the page, if it's somebody they know and respect in the recovery community, uh, those individuals are allowed to post that they have openings at their recovery house. If anybody needs a spot, (laughs) uh, you know, that's much more recovery related than, than a podcast about recovery or, I've seen people post uh, a still frame picture from a video that they recorded on like their ring doorbell and said, has anybody seen this person or know them because they stole this from me and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like, this is like a law right. enforcement That's shit. Got nothing to do with the recovery. Right. And and so I don't know where, where do we stand on like what they're allowed to do in accordance with this tradition or, or I shouldn't say allowed, but like what guidance does this tradition give them? Because I feel like they're, in the public eye and they are having opinions on outside issues of what is valid recovery and what isn't. And, you know, I think, I think NA has said that like Facebook groups can't be a part of the program. And that's why all these say like in cooperation or in affiliation or not in affiliation or whatever. Like I, 
what is all that? What do we do with that? Where we're left is it's up to how that individuals that start these groups decide to live and what values they want to place on the traditions. Like the pr- traditions protect, you know, the 12 step groups, not Facebook or Facebook right. groups or any of that stuff. And, and they don't even consider them. You know what I mean? Like it's the, the idea behind the traditions is these are how we operate within our meetings, within our rooms, behind our walls. Once you get outside of here, it's up to you as an individual member, you know, just like, you know, whether an individual member decides they want to work a 12 step or, or be available to help other people when they're asked. It's like, you know, that person, you hope that they're working a good enough program that they can live with some integrity and morals and, and try to follow the traditions if that's a part of what they're doing. But the traditions were designed to protect NA, unfortunately not all these groups or, or the individuals outside of the groups. Yeah. It, it gets really interesting what they do and don't allow. And, and, you know, from some semblance of an understanding, like they don't want people posting a shit ton of links to their page, which I don't know why that makes a difference. I guess people might leave the page if it was, you know, overwhelmed with outside links of just random shit that people wanted to promote. I get that. Right. That, there's, right. that there's becomes some like understanding. Right. I, I get that. But, I feel like that shit kind of weeds itself out through the algorithms because if nobody's liking your dumbass promotion, it just doesn't get posted to a lot of people's pages. Right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely new and interesting and, you know, I don't know. I, I don't like the social media groups in general. I kind of got away from that for different reasons. I think it promotes tribalism and then it promotes a sense of like I'm only if that's all I'm doing for my recovery and say yeah I'm really you know explore my recovery I'm involved in these six Facebook groups and I read what they have to say about recovery you know am I really open-minded am I really exploring new ideas or am I just exploring the ideas of these individual groups anyway that's just my own personal thing right with with any of that if you go on to Be More Recovery and you look at recommendations under their, their groups page, so this is a group that does not represent NA, but clearly the people who run it are members of 12-step programs who only think that's valid recovery. <laughs> but if you look under recommendations, Hope's Horizon, Hope House, Powell Recovery Center, Helping Up Mission, Mountain Manor, I'm like, how can a, a recovery group be recommending treatment centers? Right. <laughs> like that's kind of crazy that that's on there. And if you go through, I can't find it at the moment, but I know it's on here. Um, they have a separate group that they like mention or suggest for, oh, a better way. Local businesses run by people in recovery. So I guess if you're one of the in crowd with Be More Recovery, you can get your business listed with them as being recommended too and it just it all feels kind of sketchy to me man it is yeah it definitely is and 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 i'm i don't know i'm bothered by it for the the way it personally affected my attempts at you know yes at growing our podcast but also growing our podcast because i believe in what we're doing and i think it's useful to some people is this podcast useful to everybody in recovery absolutely not there will be people like my old sponsor who and I'm not, this isn't a downer on his program. He is about like keeping it simple and, and, and the way we think and talk and examine things isn't good for his life. Like it makes his life worse to do that. I totally respect that. 
But that doesn't mean that I don't think if it's useful that I shouldn't be able to post it and talk about it on there. And, you know, people who aren't into it won't listen. And people right. who are will and will have good conversations about recovery. It will inspire recovery-related inclusion conversations. And, like, it just it hurts my feelings that I was excluded from that ability to do that. Yeah. Well, it sucks that people are going to do that. You know, mm -hmm. it's it, you would hope that anyone who's genuinely cares and concerned about recovery in general would want to give people the most available resources. Well, and, and the other aspect of that is while some people like you and I understand, okay, that is not the program. That is some other separate shit that's got a couple of personalities that run it. A lot of newer people who get included in that group when all they post about a lot of times is like where the NA meetings are, the virtual links to the NA meetings, this, that, and the other about where's the NA meeting tonight in Towson on Tuesdays. Like if that's what you're posting about and people are new and just got invited, they're going to assume that that is the fellowship. Like, and this if you post it. anything bad about them, they just take it down. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Not that I've posted If you're lucky, bad. you can see some of it before they take it down. I remember that drama for a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know that we have a good answer for that, but I, I do think whether they want to or not, Facebook groups represent some of our programs and our recovery programs, maybe not individually, but as a whole. And, and I think they might do better to be more mindful of the way they handle that and really think through it and understand what their purpose is and how they want to enact that and enforce it in all directions, right? Okay, fine. You're only going to accept established programs and, and things to do with them. Okay. Well, then let's not have the recovery house beds available or the treatment center option comments or, you know, hey, where should I send this person for treatment? Like, and you got 38 comments of people recommending different treatment centers. Like, if you're about just the programs that are established and, and well-established, why is that on there? Why is the recovery house bed on there? Why is the person who stole from somebody on there? Like, Figure out exactly what you're going to be and don't have it be so wishy-washy with when you let it go and when you don't. Yeah. And I think personally that's a whole problem with social media in general. It's it's a very unregulated, unfiltered, not well thought out process. <laughs> you know, anybody can say anything at any time and pretend to be some sort of expert or some tout a couple of big words and act like they know what they're talking about, including right. me and, yeah. you know, get people to believe some sort of nonsense bullshit that's based on nothing. And unfortunately this happens in recovery too. Well, you know, according to the, the book recovery. I'm reading, that is why we're at the top of the food <laughs> chain because we can create myths and we can make people believe them. Yeah, That's it. All right. You got anything else about tradition 11? No, just as an individual, I try to do my best not to, go out and walk around like I represent the 12-step fellowship I'm a part of you know yeah. in conversations I try to talk about recovery and and the more general things and if people want to get into it you know I'll talk about the specific fellowship I'm involved with because that's what works for me but the other side of that is that I don't pretend that it's the only way or the best way or the true way or right. uh, that's all bullshit. Like I, this is the way that worked for me. I, maybe you'll get what you need somewhere else. Maybe you came where I came and didn't get what you needed. And that's fine too. It's not your fault. You know what I mean? Right. If anything, it's our fault that we didn't give you what you needed, but I don't need to place judgments on any of that. Like the autonomy goes both ways. 
One more tradition. (laughs) All right. Have a good week. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.